In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome. Come on in. Welcome. Welcome. We are doing a Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Part 3 Reunion Recap. Oh my God. Now, if you're watching this on YouTube, I am wearing my bonnet to give me extra strength at the beginning, at the top of this recap, because I got to tell you, I don't want to do this, folks. I don't want to do this. It is like 10.30 at night, and I've been trying to find the inspiration. I just re-watched that damn third part, re-watched Watch What Happens Live. I've been scouring the internet, and I've been trying to find some sort of inspiration, trying to find something that can piece it all together for me, because I got to tell you what, I'm just ripping the bonnet off. I got to tell you what, this thing... This thing is so frustrating. It is so frustrating to go through. And I was going through this thing line by line. I was rewatching Monica's performance, Heather's performance, because those are those are the two those are the two pins right there. And nobody else really factors into this. It is Heather Gay and Monica. You know, so right up top, let's just, you know, right up top, we got to kind of get into it's all a thing about who you believe. Who is the reliable narrator? Can two things be true at once? Are we going to allow context to play a part in any of this? And I think what is so infuriating for me, and by the way, just a reminder, this is just my opinions. Uh, have your own, argue, dislike me for them, whatever you want to do. These are just mine. But I still, after watching all of this, I still don't have just a clear story. I don't have from point A to point B on Monica Garcia and Reality Vontees, and I don't have a point A to point B on Heather Gay and that stupid damn fucking black eye. It doesn't make sense to me. None of it. The Reality Vontees doesn't really make tons of sense, and the black eye doesn't make tons of sense. And yes, they make they make sense in broad strokes, but that's not what we do, right? We zoom in on these things. My God, Heather said last night, we are ruining her housewife experience, you guys. It, this is ruining her housewife experience that, that Bravo and the housewives would get better caliber women if we didn't do things like this, if, 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 uh, if troll accounts and all of this, you know, Monica Garcia, Reality Vontees ruined Heather Gay's experience, potentially. It wasn't Jen Shaw, the actual criminal that she stood up for for three years or three seasons or however the fucking law. I'm sorry for all the cursing. Kick the kids out of the car. I'm heated. Let's go, baby. That didn't ruin her experience. <laughs> her lying about the black eye didn't ruin her experience. 
Monica Garcia ruined her experience. And the unfortunate thing is that Monica Garcia wasn't even that isn't even that good in terms of the performance. The performance wasn't there. She had an opportunity at that reunion and she came in cold. She came in not ha- the stupid burn book. What a flop. I mean, Carrot Top has better props than Monica Garcia. So disappointed. She was given an opportunity and she pissed it away because I don't know, but that just shows you she's not even that good of a troll account. But I think she's a decent housewife. She has a lot of fucked up history that we saw. There was a lot of context provided on what makes somebody become the way that they are. And also, at the end of the day, yes, she wanted to be there. Yes. And guess what? The new cast members of Salt Lake City that they start filming on February 5th want to be there. I mean, one, actually, I don't know if actually does, but I think it's a really good casting choice. But in this day and age, in 2024, we talk about this all the time. Everybody wants to be there. They want to be on this show. Oh, my God. They would do anything to be on this show. But I think we are conflating two things. Monica didn't start Reality Von Tees to be able to get on the show. They said that halfway through last night's reunion. And I'm like, guys, you're then saying then production definitely knew and she did this to get on the show. And that is just not the case. I mean, I truly think Monica didn't think that she would actually be cast. And then she did. And she was like, holy shit, this could actually change my life. This could actually pay my bills. This could help my kids. And and I agree with Heather Gay. Monica Garcia is not a hero. I agree. And I don't think Heather Gay is a hero. In fact, I would be ghost. I would go so far as to say none of the women on that stage are heroes. In fact, I don't really know a lot of heroes on Bravo TV because they're not supposed to be heroes. We're not watching a Marvel movie. We're watching Housewives. And what's so great about Housewives is that they show the full range of emotions, the full range of colors, and the fact that they can show warts and all, and we still love them. Some of my favorite Housewives are completely flawed individuals, and I love them for that. I am not looking for heroes to watch. I'm just not. None of these people are Batman, love of God. The one true hero out there and God, Um, you know, I I just got really heated because I think a lot of things were thrown out there and then never explained, never expanded upon. And I do know that there is a limited amount of time. I would love to see what was left on the cutting room floor. But I think in this day and age, when you have the Internet that creates things like reality Von Tees, when you have, and I don't even consider a lot of them troll accounts, just accounts that actually post real information about these women, we need to get a little deeper into this. We need to get, we need to have additional materials. You know, I don't know what Bravo wants to do with that, um, but it, 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 it's true. There is so much more to this story that I just feel like we are leaving on the table. We are kind of just like, okay, and Monica's gone now. And Monica's gone and we just move on. And Heather's a new, uh, completely new person and she's proud of herself. And we just pick up the pieces. And I swear to God, if that really is the attitude, nobody better mention Jen Shaw next season and nobody better mention Monica Garcia. You better do this season completely on your own. And I'm not saying you, you can't do it. I think you do have that in you. I do. But it's another season of a, not even a fresh start. It's having to reprove yourself again. And these core four, Heather Gay said on Watch What Happens Live last night of like, it's a, you know what Monica never got. It's, it's about these women and friendship 
and how I love all of these women, how I love them. We all love each other. Oh, that's what it's about. Not the housewives I've watched. There is love, sure, and it's really great to see when that happens. But it, 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 you get to that point because of people like Teresa Giudici flipping a table. Back then, by the way, she wasn't flipping a table because she thought it would make good TV. She was flipping a table because that's really Teresa in that moment. And that's why we love her. Because you're like, nobody else would do it like Teresa. Nobody, you, you're like, this is fucking real. Aviva, even throwing her leg, it was to get these ladies' attention. And it was a little showy, but it was like, that's housewives to me. Lisa Rinna flipping out multiple times. That's housewives to me. Um, yes, there are these great moments that provide a foundation, but a lot of the housewives moments that we talk about and repeat again and again and again, you stole my goddamn house. Are these bigger moments of conflict? The season finale of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, that's Housewives to me. What an amazing episode. And no matter what you think of this three-part reunion, what an amazing season of Salt Lake. What an amazing finale. Like, I, I watched the third part, and I, I think I wrote, I said, hey, no matter what, we always have that finale. That finale, whoo, amazing. Truly amazing television. And in that, you had conflict. You had Heather Gay. I mean, you had those screaming moments and whether you think Heather planned that or just came up with it on the fly, like a bad improvisation artist at Upright Citizens Brigade, I don't know. That's in the eye of the beholder. Who really cares? But it makes for good television. And at the end of the day, that's what this is. This isn't a documentary. This isn't up for an Oscar. This is Housewives. And I do think that Heather, above all people, and this is what kind of frustrates me about Heather, is that Heather is a fan. Heather talks about it in her book. Heather's talked about it many times. Heather, I mean, and by the way, you should be a fan. Anybody that gets cast on these shows at this point, they probably are a fan. And Heather was a fan that knew her shit. When I had her on my show, she said one of her favorite housewives was Lisa Rinna. Well, that's a really interesting housewife to be a fan of. Because, yeah, she does deserve that fandom, but Lisa Rinna, how she played the Housewives game, is a very specific way. And Heather knows that. I truly believe that Heather was the smartest one on that stage last night that I watched. I believe she is one of the smartest, most calculated Housewives out there. And I believe she does it so brilliantly because she kind of leaves it in this ether of... Uh, feel bad for me at the same time, but I'll also call everybody out on their bullshit. I'll also provide these receipts, timeline, screenshots, da, 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 da. That doesn't come from an insecure person. And that's the other thing too, is I want you to go back and watch this from the first season and, and even read her book. I think Heather's always been a competent person. The interesting thing about Heather though is, and she admits this, you know, a lot of her family doesn't talk to her. Um, you know, the Mormon religion, obviously, you know, she has turned against, I mean, and not just turned against because that's one thing, but has profited off of turning against. I think Heather is one of the smartest players to do it. And yes, I do say player because I believe Housewives is a different game. And it also shows you how bad that Monica truly is a troll, but it's not much more than that. It's somebody that got obsessed with Jen Shaw because Jen Shaw truly is a horrible person. And I'm not saying, like I said, not saying Monica is a hero. Monica, obviously very that's some real, real big issues, but I'm sorry. I, I, I look, I, I, you know, I see Facebook groups and I see what Reddit. I mean, people get obsessed with these things. People get a bone and they just run with it. 
So yeah, it doesn't shock me that uh, Monica Garcia was driving past Jen Shaw's house 20 times and calling her friends like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm out here. I've seen that behavior so much from people. I, I truly have. It's not, I mean, like, listen, it's tacky. It's creepy. But I do, I don't think that is unique to Monica. I think all of these ladies have information on each other. And I just think it's it's really interesting. And I think that's the frustrating thing. And I don't think we really will have an answer. And I got to tell you, I'm one of those people that like, I, I was seeing all these people write, well, I'm never watching Salt Lake City again. What are you out of your mind? Of course you're watching Salt Lake City again. I'm watching Salt Lake City again. And I do. I hope it succeeds. I don't wish ill on any of these shows. I love these shows passionately. I... I think I'm just a little bummed out because rewatching this and I've rewatched it. I've watched it like four times. I was just hoping that I would have some sort of resolution and it just left me with this big empty feeling. And you know what? I have that big empty feeling most of my life. I don't need it for my reality shows. I want to put a pin in something and I feel like we are continuing on with certain mysteries and you're just never going to be able to truly explain to me and this is, I feel like even if you, if, even if you hate Monica or love Monica, the thing that I am so confused about and what Monica was screaming, and by the way, way too much screaming in last night's episode is the Jen Shaw of it all. We have a real criminal, a real true criminal that is serving prison time. And I feel like Monica got way more questioning and feelings thrown at her than Jen Shaw ever did. I mean, these women are truly in fear of Jen Shaw. You really have to buy into the legend of Jen Shaw to make Heather's story work. And I think that's just hard for me because, uh, you know, if you've listened to this show, I always thought Jen Shaw really loved her the first season, but it was like one of those housewives that throws everything against the wall. They're like a housewife on steroids. They've watched housewives so much. So they're taking pieces of Teresa. They're taking pieces of uh, Tamara. They're taking pieces of all these housewives and going, I'm going to do everything. I am going to be a legend. And Jen, to me, just felt very loud all the time. Um, you know, the story, she was rarely seemed believable to me, you know, and every time she would get questioned on something, she was just that person that I will make more noise than you. And so I didn't really buy into it. I was always trying to see why everybody and a Heather specifically, you know, what is it? What was it about Jen Shaw? What was the allure? And it must be, and we've all had these, these people, I've talked about this concept of before of, you know, having that friend or that lover or that person where when they shine their light on you, it makes you feel whole and you will defend them to the end. Like, I understand that feeling. I've had that before. And then you get away from that and you're like, oh my God, I was under some spell. And I used to feel that about Heather, but I feel it switched into something completely different. I feel like it's switched into something like there, there must be something more. It can't just be this. What is it? And also, you know, up until the very end, I mean, we even had Jen, you know, like go and check on Coach Shaw and I will, I'll take care of you and blah, blah, blah. Like, when was that break? I mean, did Heather go into massive amounts of therapy like Raquel Levis? I mean, what was that break? What was that snap? Because we had been telling Heather this all along. All of us, quote unquote, troll accounts. We had been telling her all along. And, you know, now come to find out it's not even just her. It's the whole, it's Lisa, it's Meredith, it's Whitney. They were all just under this, 
But you would think Reality Von Tees, you would think Monica was like the Unabomber. I mean, there were moments where I was just like, wait, be, wha, what? And then they would show the Reality Von Tees things and it was always reposting what Jen and how Jen talked shit about these ladies. And I want to believe, I want to buy into Heather's, you know, you know, Heather's sentiments about housewives being this beautiful sisterhood where we skip through the lilies and we, we sing spiritual songs and we braid each other's hair and have slumber parties where we eat chocolate. But it's sometimes really hard because also these people are profiting off of it. And it's hard because in this day and age, and the only reason I say is, is we've been proven right so many times. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we've been lied to on these shows. I mean, people are now going to jail for it. Like people do lie on these shows. And if you think... This Monica thing, well, we caught the first liar on Housewives. Oh, well, we did it. We caught it. Everything is truthful from here on out, and we are good to go. No, nothing is going to change. And all of these women, let, I mean, let's just start it off right now. Let's start it. This is the sisterhood that Lisa says of wanting to be friends with other people, of a core group of four that love each other. Oh. <laughs> That's not it. I started playing. Like, <laughs> I'm done with her because I'm not a whore and I don't cheat on my husband. Her and her dumb family that poses. Why don't you own a house? Wait, you can't. Because your husband changes jobs every five minutes. Fake humanity is a piece of. I have your back and I'm offended by that. You. That piece of. That garbage whore. I hate her. She's a whore. She's half of me. She's going to herself. Meredith can go. Okay. So that was Lisa Barlow's hot mic moment. But that she was talking about. Also, I want to say I uh, had uh, some friends in Park City that went to Meredith Marks uh, jewelry store. And I was given false information saying that the, 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 the shop was barely lined with jewelry. I guess it is fully lined with jewelry. 
Um, and so go check out Meredith Mark's store in, in Utah. It, it seems like it is chock full of goods. But this is Lisa being a great friend to Meredith. And by the way, Meredith has said wild things about people as well. But also, I don't hold that against them, right? But I am confused how Lisa and Meredith were able to mend fences after that was promised to never happen. But that's life, right? So also, it's very weird that there is such a stop in place. Uh, You know, just a full Heisman, you will never come far, come close to us again, Monica Garcia, when I'm just confused why other people are able to forgive. It's not like these women have known each other their whole lives, but Monica, no, 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 no. I mean, that's a pretty intense thing to say about your friend, that you fuck half of New York, that you have a fake family that poses. I mean, but the thing the thing that I want to impress, too, is that I do like these women. I like them a lot. I love Lisa Barlow. I really love Meredith Marks. I love Whitney. Heather, I, I you know, I like her a lot and I can... I'm trying to empathize. And like, you know, Heather, my God, oh, I've never seen a house. What a great first season. I truly loved her. She felt so real. And then something has gotten lost along the way. And I think what confuses me and maybe some of the other audience is that I know what a fan she is. I know she knows how these shows work. And if you read her book, which I know she wants you all to do, or at least listen to it on audiobook, her story is very interesting, but she's not dumb. She is so far from dumb. She gets it. And she gets the game. And I think it will always be something that's curious in my mind of how she presents the reality Von Tees, but at the same time throws in the black eye in the same speech. It's one of those, look over here, I'm going to throw in something over here, but mainly it's over here. And it's really, it's beautiful gameplay if you buy into the Housewives as a game theory. It's like kind of really good gameplay. But that's the thing. So you're saying, Monica who is a liar, a proven liar. She also didn't apologize at the reunion. Now, Heather also now an admitted liar did apologize. And so Monica, if she had apologized, which she did horrible at the reunion in terms of anything like that, these ladies still wouldn't have forgiven her because even Heather Gay said, if Monica had apologized, it wouldn't have changed anything. So that goes, that throws that out the window, but I still think Monica should have tried. I still think she didn't understand potentially what she was walking into, or she's just not that good at this, which also just shows you how little of a threat she was. I mean, God, they put the reality Von T's account up. It had 5,000 followers. Are you kidding me? 5,000 5, followers. And also Heather, if you're getting tagged every day and you live in fear of this, block the account, block it. You will not see those tags anymore. Are you a masochist? Are you somebody that loves to put yourself in harm's way and read bad things about yourself? I understand that might be it, but block the account. It takes two to tango. It takes the troll and then it takes the actual person to have that shit land on. And you don't have to do that with social media. And Heather said, well, you know, after that, I had to stay off social media for six months. And after the Jen Shaw Black, I had to stay off. You know, maybe you should just stay off social media. And if we're to believe Heather is that if this has all been too much and if this might have ruined your housewives experience, the reality Von Tees of it all, maybe housewives isn't meant for you. But we know that's not true. We know housewives is meant for Heather Gay. We know she wants to be there. And I find it hard when you lay it on so thick about, oh, it almost ruined the experience for me. No, 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 no. 
You know what sucks though, is that when you're being able to do this cool thing and you have to deal with bad comments, I mean, isn't that the shitty thing in life too? I mean, I deal with that. It's like, oh God, this is all so cool. But then you have to read shitty things about yourself. And it is, it's really weird. It's really shocking. And I can't imagine at her level, you know, you got to read so many things if you are actually searching those things out. It does. But then overwhelmingly, there's so much love out there. I mean, even saying this, you listening, probably, I would say maybe 60% of you probably will think I'm wrong, probably love Heather Gay with all your heart. And the thing is, it's not that I'm loving Monica more. It's just that I don't understand if the punishment fits the crime exactly. I don't know. I'm very confused. This is, these are always my opening salvos. And by the way, this might be a long one. So I might even split this into two, but don't worry. I would do it at the same time. I, I, I don't know. I haven't thought I'm, I've, it's been such a crazy day. You guys, by the way, I just started and I, I, I forgot to do all my intros and all that stuff. How, how are you guys? Are you good? Are you as frustrated as I am? No, you actually have real lives. Okay, good. Uh, just checking. Um, I hope everybody's good. I just, I really didn't even know how to approach this. I was like, oh, I want it to be fun, but I got so heated about certain things and I know I'm coming in hot. I know, but man, I mean, this is, this is, these are like, uh, what I hear, like these Super Bowl games are like these, you know, these are our sports. And I was left, I, I just bare blue balls here, man. It's like, what? Come on. Like voter off the Island last night. Oh, today was a crazy day. You guys, so I had to get up super early. <clears throat> my voice is a little rust raspy right now, but I had to get up super early. Cause I uh, do the Jeff Lewis live after show and Jeff Lewis's guests today were Stasi Schroeder and Mercedes Javid and Mercedes is always, on. I love Mercedes so much. Mercedes is so Mercedes cracks me up, man. She'll just give you a look and she just, she just makes me laugh. I think she's so unique. Um, but Stasi is there from, uh, you know, Vanderpump rules and she, you know, they do the, the uh, Jeff Lewis show. And then there's the after show, and me and Monica Casey were hosting that. And usually like if Jeff's in town, he'll come in for like a segment just to say hi. And then you're supposed to talk about, you know, the Jeff Lewis live, what they talked about on the show and kind of have that conversation. And there's calls in and stuff. And it's usually just Jeff coming in. So whatever. So Stasi, and, and by the way, I've had strong opinions about Stasi as we all have, but I've also, this is what sucks about recording so much is I, I've said, you know, probably negative things, but I've also said some positive things. And uh, I, I've told you some of the meme stories or the one meme in particular um, that I know upset her husband, Bo, who I knew in another life. And I like a lot. Um, but also, and I know uh, Lo, who works for her um, and she's awesome. I really do like Lo a lot. But anyways, they were in there and I saw that Lo was there. But anyways, they're, they're talking about, you know, Jeff actually, Jeff actually did. Jeff did a good I listened to his interview with Kyle Richards on Tuesday. If you have serious, go listen to it. Probably the best I've ever heard Kyle. Um, she was so loose. She was so open. And I was like, damn, I wish this was actually getting a little more play. It really, you know, I've always liked Kyle, but it kind of put a lot of things in context for me. He got a lot of information out of her that I was shocked. And he kind of just does it so, so breezily, breezily that I don't even think she realizes she's answering, but it was a really good appearance. Anyways, Stasi was on there. He got her to talk about like, oh, the Valley, the Jax Taylor, the spinoff. And she, you know, admitted like, hey, I was asked to do the sizzle reel, but like my life isn't there anymore. And I thought that was a really honest answer. Okay. So the funny thing is the after show, Jeff comes in and he's like, oh, hey, um, you know, Stasi's going to come in for the after show. And I'm like, oh shit. Cause I've never met Stasi. I don't, you know, I've never actually met her. Uh, I don't know. I did. I met her once, but it was like in another lifetime ago. 
uh, before I did any podcasts. And um, anyway, she she come well before Jeff Jeff comes in, gets on the radio, and he's like, Ryan, do you have a problem with Stasi? And I was like, Oh, what? I was like, uh, uh, uh. And I was like, well, yeah, there was like some rumbling of like, oh, he he might be weird with Stasi, like from Stasi's camp. And I was like, oh, well, and I was, you know, we're on the radio. And I was like, oh, God, I don't want to explain to to Jeff about like, you know, memes and all. And she was like, yeah, I don't know how you're such a nice guy. Everybody, you know, everybody thinks you're nice. nice guy. And it was like and then Stasi came in. It actually turned out to be a really I mean, I do know a lot about Stasi, So it was great. It was a lot of fun. She's really funny. And we didn't get into any of that, which I'm still um, I mean, this is so many years ago now. But wow, I was like. Oh shit, man. Like, Oh shit. Here it comes. It was wild. You guys like I'm literally sitting across from Stassi talking to her, but she actually said some really interesting things about reality TV in general of, you know, not moving past it. Cause she said she would do reality television again, but being honest with your actual life of, she was like, listen, all power to them about the Valley, but that's not my life. I don't hang out with Jax. I don't hang out with Kristen. I'm, she's like, I'm not in a bad place with Kristen, but I don't hang out with them. That would actually, that's not my life. That's not who I actually hang out with. I don't want to do that and spend my time doing that. And I thought like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's actually being honest to who you are. So I found that interesting in terms of like the scope of reality television in general of, if you're going to do that, you're doing that, but you're putting yourself in this situation that you might not be able to sometimes fully be yourself if that matters to you as you get older. And I asked her about uh, Vanderpump Rules because it starts back on Tuesday. I said, well, in terms of Scandal, you know, how much did you like it and how much did you hate it in terms of so many new people discovering the show for the first time? And she was like, yeah, it was wild uh, that everybody, I was starting to get all these new followers or these new people listening to the podcast because they were going back and watching it for the first time. And she said, that was awesome. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's a, I'm not that person that I was anymore. And I thought that was kind of interesting is that sometimes reality shows put you in this box of continuing to be the same person. And like, I know nobody ever fully, fully changes, but I do understand growing past certain iterations of shows. Like I always say, like, you know, we're not meant to be friends with bartenders and barbacks that we were friends with in our twenties. If you're nearing 40, like that just sometimes it's a miracle. If you still are, I mean, more power to you, but sometimes that's not actual reality. And we've seen so many crazy fucked up and amazing things to watch on television have happened. So anyways, I did that. Then I had to rush home because I had an interview with Emily D. Baker, who is amazing. Emily D. Baker, go listen to her podcast, The Emily Show. You already probably follow her on YouTube. She has like close to a million subscribers. She's awesome. So we had a great conversation. And then I had a meeting with uh, a company about another thing. And then I was on Brav Bros, which Brav Bros were the bartenders on Watch What Happens Live last night. And by the way, I told him I would say this in the show. If you're in New York tonight, they are doing a live show at Green Room 42. I think that's it. And Aaron Leachy from Real Housewives of New York is their special guest. Um, I, if I'm getting the name of the venue wrong, just go to Brav Bros on Instagram and get a ticket. Go have fun. Tell him I said, hi, we had the best time talking about Vanderpump rules in Salt Lake and their experience as uh, guest bartenders on watch what happens live. I was so happy and so proud of them. Um, so that was awesome. And, um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, so that, uh, that, and then I had to coach a client. I haven't coached actors in a while, but, uh, 
an old client of mine booked a film and wanted coaching on it. So I did that tonight. So it has been a full day. But at the same time, the Salt Lake recap was just was just it was just there in the corner going, Ryan, you've got to do me. You've got to do the recap. And every time I would start watching it again, I would get mad all over again. I would be like, what the F is this? But you guys are good though, right? You're good. <laughs> we, I just got to get through tomorrow and then we're, we're back in business, baby. We, I, we get to another sweet weekend. Oh God, it can't come soon enough. Um, okay. Should we start? Should we begin? And we're, this is going to go all over. We're going to do the, the, the recap, but I'm going to also talk a little bit about some articles that I read, uh, an article with Monica. We'll talk about Andy Cohen and John Hill on the radio show this morning and what he said about Monica. Um, and reminder, yeah, I mean, a couple of was it just yesterday now or two days ago, I, on Monday's show, I had said I'd gotten information that Monica was not being asked back. And remember, it's not firing. Everybody wants to use the word Monica Garcia fired. No, they just don't renew your contract. You were just not, they're not locked into these contracts. You know, it's not firing. And what's so great about fan reaction, I think they're kind of hedging their bets a little bit of like, you know what? It's not really, you know, we're not renewing. The door's always open. You know how it is. Like, who knows? There needs to be a bigger cooling off period. And I do believe in that sense, they do care about fan reaction. It doesn't dictate what they're going to do. But I also think housewives should not dictate who they cast as well. And I do agree. Yes, it is so hard. If those core four don't want to film with Monica, yeah, man, that sucks. But look at Vanderpump Rules. They're able to do it. Everybody, no, I'm not going to film with Tom. Oh, I'm not going to be able. Things change. But they filmed this a while ago. I mean, the reunion was filmed, what, like a month and a half ago. But the season finished filming a, a while, a long time ago. And that's what I'm also curious about, too, because I was thinking about Andy um, Monica Garcia had her appearance on watch what happens live very early on in the salt Lake season, but Andy knew what was coming. It had already been filmed and Andy seemed like a very strong staunch supporter of Monica and always really stuck up for Monica. I mean, even Jeff Lewis, um, at, at BravoCon was ripping Monica to hell saying she was poor and all this stuff. Andy defended her. Andy knew what was to come and Andy knew what was to come at watch what happens live. So I am curious you know, they did such a good job at keeping it secret, but it also seemed like Andy especially really liked Monica and really believed in it. And I think that's, you know, with Monica's story with her mom, I think there's a lot of empathy there. And I think Andy, and I think to a degree, the network and maybe Salt Lake producers wanted it to work out with Monica, wanted it. And I think these other ladies, the housewives really came in strong with their opinions and really, I don't know, it almost, it's not gaslighting. I know I should never say that. Um, that's so overused, but I feel like we are being met. We are being led to believe this is way more. Now there are horrible things like that fucking thing with her setting up Jen Shaw's cameras and potentially spying on her. That's disgusting. That's horrible. That's really, really gross behavior. So in that sense, I understand the liability aspect, but there's context. It was Jen Shaw. She was trying to like fuck Jen Shaw's world up. Like she felt Jen Shaw was fucking up the employees worlds up. The other people that won reality uh, worked on reality Vontees. 
But also, as I'm saying this, we still don't have detailed information. I mean, you can read things on Twitter or Reddit and all of this stuff or Koa, the other person on Reality Van Tees, or Tanisha, who is giving screenshots and video. There's so much information to cull through that I really wish Bravo would do a two-part docuseries or even three parts of going through this information. Treat it like a Dateline episode. Walk us through it. Have Keith Morrison talk us talk through it slowly. It was a beautiful day in Salt Lake City. Nobody thought anything bad could happen. But then she walked into town. <laughs> That's right. Monica Garcia, a.k.a. Monica Fowler. AKA my, like, I would love just a slow front to back thing. Just explaining everything. Like I'm a fucking idiot. Treat me like I'm five years old and you're teaching me a lesson. Like really, you know, like sound out the words with me, like really walk me through this stuff. And, and I want, I want interviews with people. I want to get Tanisha on an interview. I want to get Koa on an interview. Fuck. Let's go to prison and get Jen Shaw through the glass. Like Let's put it all in there and piece it together and have a real documentarian break this shit down because I don't trust anyone. And I feel like the stories are so convoluted and so messy and anybody can make up anything at this time. And by the way, having said that, Jen Shaw benefited from that. Monica Garcia benefited from that. And Heather Gay has benefited from that, which, by the way, we've all benefited. All of those ladies up there has benefited from that. Anyways. okay. see, I'm too amped up. Damn, this is going to be so long. I'm sorry, you guys. Well, you know what? Some of you guys love the long ones and then some of you guys don't, but that's why I'll probably split this into two and we'll give it a shot and see if that helps anything. I mean, you'll still have to listen to, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to take a break. Also, let me just play this as well because this is one of my favorite moments of the entire season. It happened earlier in the season. We've laughed about it so much, but I feel like Meredith really... This was Meredith's bright, shining moment in terms of legendary moments this season. And as I've said many times, it feels like she checked out at a certain point. And and maybe it was like just people accusing her or even Lisa Barlow going, I know you did it. You try to take Angie and her Greek mafia down. What are you doing? But this is legendary. This is so brilliant. I'm going to go for the jugular and talk about the <laughs> The rumors, the nastiness about <laughs> her. Oh, you, you, know what? you want me to go there with husband? Yeah. I can go there. Yeah. Don't. Uh. With me. Okay, tell her that. You can leave. Meredith Mark's doing some of the best voice work, but I feel like she 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 must have scared herself on that trip where she completely cooled her jets. At a certain point in the third part of the reunion, I forgot Meredith was on the stage and that should never be. We should never forget about Meredith Mark. She is too strong of a housewife to just sit there quiet. And I almost thought she's like, is Meredith like going, this could be a trial. This could be used in trial one day. So I'm just going to keep quiet on this third part entirely, except for a few moments. I need Meredith activated. Like what is like, what kind is, is, uh, you know, what, where, is she taking my sleep medication on stage? You know, I, I, is she taking my melatonies? I call melatonin melatonies. I need a couple melatonies. Um, it feels like she's melatonies out. I want Meredith activated and my God, cause she's so, that is strong. Like, and she can do the high and she can do the low. You, 
can leave. Fucking Ian McKellen, Gandalf, was like, holy shit, if I ever pass away, this person could take over my role in Lord of the Rings. That's how good Meredith Marks is. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That is a legend, and I need her to recognize and step up to the plate. I need this should not be a showdown between two people. And then, and, by the way, the other person that felt way free to talk on the third part, Angie K, like Angie K and Lisa Barlow, of course, but they were just all talking over each other that it became just one gigantic voice that was just very shrill at times. And I'm not the only one that thought this. I do want to also implore Bravo. I've been saying this for four years, um, but my God, I would pay $5 extra a month if you would give me access to each individual audio track. So how this works, folks, they're all mic'd up. So each one of those ladies has a separate mic pack on, and that is fed into a system. So Whitney is like Mike A, Meredith, Mike B, you know, and so on and so forth. They have separate audio tracks for each of those ladies. Give me access to those. Let me then turn down Lisa and Angie K so I can hear what the fuck Monica is saying because it just became so much. It became that gigantic noise. And I want to hear like Real Houses in New York. That's when I initially thought of that idea because they would talk over each other and you would watch it three different times. And depending on who you'd focus on, you would get this kind of amazing additional, you know, feeling from the show. And sometimes I want that because I feel like we're missing little things here and there because, you know, and I didn't even know if that was a tactic. Like, did you guys decide just to scream over her? And at the end of the day, Monica wasn't saying that much brilliant stuff anyways. And it's what I've said from the very beginning of these reunions is that Monica does not do herself any favors when she starts every line with, you're a bitch, you're a bitch, you suck, you're a whore. Like, no, it totally defeats what you're about to say. The crux of your sentence, we are, we, we've checked out because you've started that way. And yes, there are times where you go that hard on somebody, where you do that, but you don't do it every line. You don't. And even if you feel like you are being attacked, put in a corner and you can tell Monica's felt that way a lot of her life because she's very comfortable doing that kind of, you know, that potty mouth language, but it takes away from your overall message. And, and at the reunions, you didn't come correct. I mean, Heather had rehearsals. I mean, Heather had rehearsals where Lisa Barlow knew the audio that Heather was going to play. Play it. Play it, Heather. Mary, what would you feel if you heard somebody calling you a fucking bitch? How would that make you feel, Mary? Like, Lisa knew everything Heather had in her phone. Like, there were conversations. There were meetings. Like, they put the work in, and it shows. 
And that's why they're all still there. Because at the end of the day, Heather Line involving production, having an independent investigation on that black eye shit, holding true to that lie and then revealing it was kind of brilliant in a sense because revealing it at the same time, somebody else has this whole other doppelganger like secret identity. It kind of not doesn't go under the radar, but it does go like, well, it just, I guess this is just, you know, the show kind of makes you a little nutty. It, but you know what I'm saying? Like Heather actually genuinely lied and did all of this shit too. I mean, in some ways, Heather's was way more real because it wasn't a troll account. She was herself lying. Heather Gay, cast member for three seasons at that point. And she found it was okay to do that. You know, one of my big turning moments on Heather was last season when they were in that San Diego or San Diego, a whale's vagina, as Anchorman Ron Burgundy says. They were in that bathroom and Jen was like, oh, I don't, you know, like, oh, Heather was like, oh, if they keep talking about your trial, just say this about me and I'll take the hit. Like she was editing, like we, we, she was on camera saying that. And I'm like, no, Heather, we want to talk about this. Don't run interference on the conversations that we need to have. I mean, the audience is still so cheated in terms of any kind of comeuppance in Jen Shaw's story. She was never allowed to truly hang herself with her own words because Heather was like a linebacker blocking everybody from doing that. She's been self-producing and producing for others for seasons now because she knows how the game is played. That's how smart Heather Gay is. She knows that. She's like, oh, you know, if that happens, throw it over to me and I'll take the hit. She knows how this works. And that kind of was like, oh, shit, she's really playing 3D chess here. Ah, I don't know. We'll get into it. Okay. I keep saying that, but then I just get angry. I'm, ah, I don't want to keep apologizing either, but my God, what's wrong with me, Ryan? You know what it is? I think at the end of the day, I'm just mad because I realize now doing this podcast and the Instagram account, I'll never be a real housewife of Salt Lake City. I feel like this has potentially ruined it for me. I mean, I'm not giving up full hope. I mean, I've, I've put my casting, you know, I put my email to casting, like your show sucks. You need a chubby, you need a chubby old podcaster that does line by line recaps of Salt Lake city on your cast. That will save your show. And then the editors control me with my actual email of like, please, I have nowhere else to turn. Please. I need this so badly. I will buy some of Whitney's sound bowls, please. I think everyone is beautiful on the cast. Oh my God. I'll even do scenes with Mary Cosby, please. A special thank goes out to Laura Beth Harp, who took the amazing notes on Salt Lake City uh, for most of this season. Truly an amazing person. And I, I got to shout her out and Juliana Carroza, who takes my Beverly Hills notes on the Jeff Lewis show today because we were talking about how insane it is to do these line by line recaps because, you know, nobody truly is asking for them. But uh, it, it harkens back to my theater degree at Arizona State University. So it's great. So thank you to Laura Beth Harp. You killed it this season. And also Laura Beth Harp, she is pregnant now. So everybody wish her well. Uh, I'm sure she is thrilled that the season is over. But, uh, uh, you know, thank you for everything that you have done for me this season. It really has helped me in so many ways that you possibly, you just don't imagine. It is, it is really just, 
you know, this obviously is a labor of love and it's also just so amazing that, uh, that she, she does this. Uh, so thank you, Laura, from the bottom of my cold black heart. I really, I really, really, really appreciate it. Okay. I'm trying to like stall because I'm trying to get the, the passion here to get going. So, okay, let's do this. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Reunion Part 3 originally aired on Tuesday, January 23rd. This is the description that the cable company gives us. Tensions reach a boiling point in the conclusion of an intense reunion. I feel like AI wrote this. I feel like we gave this to AI. No specificity in this at all. Somebody gave up on this one. This is the Peacock version with all of the cursing. Uh, Hearing Angie Katsaneva say, um, fuck you in Greek is truly worth your, you know, however much Peacock is a month, $9. And he's like, tonight on the dramatic conclusion of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion, we see a collection of scenes um, from the reunion. We're going to skip those because we're going to get to those in the scene. A stage manager comes over the loudspeaker. Everybody, we're back in five, four, three. Welcome back. I'm Andy Cohen here with the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City from a game of kick the housewife off the wagon to a real mixed bag of a drag competition. When this group plays games, they tend to start off warm and fuzzy and quickly snowball into something cold and prickly. Let's take a look. And then Whitney's like, uh oh, uh oh. And we see various flashbacks from the season. Um, and what's interesting about this, we see the flashbacks, but there's also live reactions from the housewives as they watch. So we have that, um, you know, Lisa's drag breakdown in Palm Springs where Whitney's like, we are doing a drag inspired makeup competition. And Angie K's like, take our makeup off. And Whitney's like, yes. And Lisa's like, no, this is fucking torture. My makeup artist is on retainer. And a live reaction from Lisa in the studio goes, I hate getting dressed up. I hate it. And Angie's like, oh, we definitely know now. It's been confirmed. And then back to the scene. I have glam in Monaco. I have glam in San Tropez. I have glam everywhere I go. That sounds like a weird nursery rhyme of some sort. Like, <laughs> the the glam here was just right. Or I will say, and Countess Luann, don't get upset at me for saying this. Lisa Barlow, she has proven she does have a bit of a voice. What if we did a Lisa Barlow song, like a Vogue, like, I have glam in Monaco. I have glam in Sandro Pay. I have glam everywhere I go. I'm Lisa Barlow. Do the Barlow. Do the Barlow. Ah, Jack, 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 John, 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 Taco Bell. Glam at Taco Bell, Glam at Pizza Hut, Glam at Pizza Hut combination, Taco Bell and Pizza Hut. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Watch one man lose his mind on a Wednesday night. Anyways, Mary, reminder, is still in this from when they brought her out for a segment on the second part. So Mary's still out on stage and she's like, this is not good. This is not a good look. Oh, Lord. And the producer in the clip goes, don't get upset, Lisa. We're going to figure it out. And Lisa's like, no, it's bothering me. I don't like this shit. I will put up with like everything. But this is like, it's my fucking face. 
And in the studio and the reunion, Lisa's just giggling. Like, I will. This is why I fucking love Lisa Barlow. Lisa Barlow gets a kick out of watching herself. Even her bad moments. She's like, oh, my God, I look so cool. That's a high definition. Yes. Lisa Barlow, I've said all season, what I love is she's unapologetically herself. Warts and all, that's Lisa Barlow. And she leans into it. And I love that about her as a housewife. And then we cut to the Lisa versus Monica at uh, Pioneer Day with the butter churning and the bonnets. And Heather's like, there's another game that we're going to play a Pioneer favorite. It's called Who's on Your Wagon? One person has to go. Now, Lisa in the reunion studio is like, oh, my gosh. And Whitney turns to Meredith and goes, you're still shaking the butter in this scene. And Meredith's like, I know. I was obsessed with shaking the butter. And then Lisa in the scene is like, I'm going with one that's the nastiest to women. Monica, you would... Monica, you would have to go. And Monica's like, oh my God, you are so nasty. No, I'm not. You really are. I'm honest. There's a difference. And once again, Lisa's I'm honest. There's a difference. Monica mocking Lisa's voice. That's not honest. There's not a difference. And then in the studio, Whitney's like, little bo peep. And then back in the scene, Lisa's like, you like my voice so much, Monica. You like to use it all the time. I love that. And Monica's like, I hate your voice so much. Actually, it's really annoying. And then Lisa in the reunion studio goes, she's like 12 years old. And Monica's like, wow, better than 55 acting the way you guys do. Heather in a confessional in the clips goes, Monica, it's just a game. No one is actually throwing you off the wagon to be devoured by wolves until the reunion, baby. Then it happened. Lisa at the reunion goes, you got to stop with that. You got to be smarter when you argue. And Monica's like, I can say whatever the fuck I want, Lisa. Like, honestly, I'm going to break right here for a second and say Lisa's right. Lisa, you know, Monica, like I said, has to be smarter when she argues. Lisa's completely right. Also, I'm going to do another theory here that people aren't going to probably agree with. I think Monica and Lisa are very much like each other. They are very similar. Of course, there's an age difference, but I do believe they are two sides of a similar coin. I do believe. And also that's the bummer about Monica not being there because I would have loved to have seen them come to some sort of resolution where they were friends. And you're telling me that would never happen. Bullshit. I think it would happen. I think it would. You give these people another season. I think it would happen. I think they are very similar. And even Lisa in these, I think Lisa kind of gives these little tips of like, dude, you gotta, you can be better at this. And I know she's saying it in a sliding way, but there is a little bit more to it. If you look deeper. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Uh, Lisa's like, like, you're not really good at arguing. And Whitney's like, can we just like give credit to Meredith? 
that she shook the butter the entire time. Thank you, Whitney. And Lisa's like, she made butter. She actually made butter. Oh my God. <laughs> like standing ovation. Heather goes, and she sent me restaurant pictures of her presenting her homemade butter to be served to her. And Meredith goes, um, pardon me. I took a variety of uh, restaurants. I took a variety and asked to plate my butter and serve it. And they did. And we see a video of Meredith at a restaurant where Meredith is talking to a waiter and goes, is it possible to serve this hand-churned butter that I personally churned? Or do I have to leave? No. Anyways, also, how much butter did they make on this? Because they said took it to a variety of... Like, how much butter did Meredith churn that episode? These are the little details that I would want to know. It seems like it's like gallons of butter that she's traveling with. Like, does Meredith travel with her churned butter from that day? How long does this shit hold? Anyways, Andy's like, didn't it melt on the way to the restaurant? And Meredith's like, no, no, no. And by the way, they cut to Mary, and Mary just has this huge smile. Like, she's like... I really enjoy conversations about butter. This is actually not bad. Anyways, Andy Andy goes, Monica, why did you take it so personally when Lisa kicked you off her wagon? Just if, if you just came from the past, right? If you got on a time machine and you came to this year and you landed on the Salt Lake City stage, had no no information at all, and you just heard Andy go, Monica, why did you take it so personally when Lisa kicked you off the wagon, her wagon? You would be like, oh my God. Uh, oh, cool. They still have the same mode of transportation wagons. Like it's so bizarre of a question. That's how ridiculous these shows are. There was literally a wagon themed day with bonnets and churning butter. Lisa goes, did you expect me to keep you on it, Monica? And Monica's like, I didn't expect you to keep me on it. It was your monologue of bullshit that I didn't like. You don't support women. You don't. And Monica's like, I'm answering the question. And he's like, Lisa, when was the last time you did your own makeup? And Lisa's like, probably 2019. And Andy goes, you have a makeup artist on retainer every day, every day. And Andy's like, every day, no matter where you're going. And Heather goes, it's John Barlow. And Lisa goes, no, it's not John Barlow. No matter where I'm going, I have glam every day. Tin roof rusted. And Andy goes, do they touch you up throughout the day? And she goes, no, just one glam and go. Another one where she's smiling. She's like, great question. No, just one glam and go. And that's kind of like, I love, she's like, she's, I like how she's conservative with the glam. She's like, no, just one, just one. Get up, glam and go. And he goes, glam and go. And Lisa's like, it's glam and go. Yep. And I'll have it till I die. That's what I'm talking about. Unapologetically herself. Like, fuck you. You can say whatever you want about my one glam. I'm going to have it till I die. What a great, what a great character. And he goes, Mary, what did you want to say? And Mary's like, Lisa, you know, you do know that's insecurity, right? And Lisa's like, no, it's not insecurity. <laughs> Mary goes, because it's not normal. And Lisa's like, it's just what I like. And Angie K goes, she also can't see. I wish at least was like, shut up, Angie K. No, Mary goes, it's not normal. And Lisa's like, yeah, I actually can't see that great. And Mary's like, what does that have to do with the makeup artist? And Angie K goes, well, she can't see to do her makeup. I like that potentially Lisa Barlow is the Stevie Wonder of Salt Lake. She's like, oh my God, where's my glam? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, Lisa goes, no, I literally can't see to do my own makeup. Like it would kill me. I don't think it would kill you unless you like just are violently blind. And he's like, oh, and Lisa's like, but I don't want to. Like, I don't want to. Like, I told John, I'm like, I'm going to die with glam and draped in diamonds. Those are my things. Amazing. Once again, Lisa Barlow, glam and draped in diamonds. Put it on a shirt. Fucking put it in print. Like, bam. Amazing. And he goes, 
by the way, also Lisa Barlow, you should have had a t-shirt ready to go last night. You know, I'm going to die glam and draped in diamonds. Like that is, that's a fucking live, laugh, love like home goods needs to sell that. And he goes, Monica, how long have you been practicing your Lisa Barlow impression? You nailed it on pioneer day. And Lisa goes since season one. And Monica's like, shut up. Honestly. Well, clearly. And Monica's like, you are seriously so obsessed with you thinking I'm obsessed with you. I'm not. Your voice is just so easy to do. Oh my God. Like it's all we hear all the time. Monica, Monica. Oh my God. And then Lisa goes, I barely talk to you. I don't know how you would know it. I barely talk to her. And Monica's like, it's literally just a low voice and you draw your A's out. And Andy's like, it's not bad. And Monica's like, "Eh, that's pretty easy. And Lisa's like, I like my voice too. And Monica's like, basic. And Andy's like, was that a good impression? And Lisa's like, it's close. And he's like, it's close. Speaking of impressions, Meredith, you showed off your Whitney impression this season. Also, I mean, Lisa's voice is kind of easy to do. I mean, not I don't do it good, but it's, you know, it's it's a choice. I like that Lisa has a voice unique enough that you can try to imitate it. You know, there are certain like Heather and things like that, that I think they, I mean, Heather has a little bit of a, more of an, not an over pronunciation. I don't know. It's very interesting. I love uh, Lisa's voice because it is unique. It is something that you can like hang your hat on and make a meal out of sometimes. Uh, But also I love this thought of Lisa saying, you've been obsessed with me since season one. You've been doing my voice since season one. Like, so I think these ladies truly are under the impression that Monica Garcia has, you know, like wanted to wear their faces, like literally like I will become you. I am single white female. And I just don't think it was that deep. I think she genuinely was somebody that wanted to fuck Jen's life up or wanted to just make her look like an idiot and put all of this information out there. And and to that effect, she did well because I saw those Jen videos of her berating her employees because of that account. And it really kind of hit home that like, wow, this really isn't a great person. He's a very troubled person. But I don't think she was upset. I mean, I think it was just in that vein of, yeah, I'm going to, you know, make fun of all these people or repost things of Jen making fun of all these people. And it, you know, listen, once you get into this, it is, you guys know, you know, we do laugh with these ladies and at these ladies. They're unique. They say different things. I mean, we do the same thing with our lives, but we're sometimes not so introspective with our own. But with TV, the magic box of the boob tube, we actually are able to get in there and go, oh, that's funny or that's funny, you know, but she took it too far. Anyways, we get a flashback to Meredith mocking Whitney's voice earlier in the season and Meredith Meredith going, it creeps me out to get in a bubble bath with someone else. (laughs) Like to me, a bath is for me. Once again, I want to point out the sister, the sisterhood of housewives, how they all love each other. Here's Meredith making fun of Whitney uh, earlier in the season. Anyways, Heather laughs at this and Andy's like, Meredith, can you give me a little of it? And Meredith goes, I don't know. It's so hard to do it all on the spot like this. And Mary's like, no, it isn't. And Lisa's like, I think Meredith is the best. And Mary's like, it's so easy. And Meredith goes, uh, Mary goes, Meredith, Meredith. And Whitney's like, is that how I sound? Yeah. And Lisa's like, oh my gosh. And when he's like, I, I don't think that's what I sound like. And Andy's like, oh my God. And Mary's like, to me, you do. And Andy goes, Angie, I hear you do a good Meredith impression. And Angie K um, is like, the rumors, the nastiness, the lies about the husband. So Angie K did a pretty good one. And Meredith goes, oh, oh Lord. Oh, Lord. I like Meredith. Oh, these women. Oh, they're just kooky. 
Anyways, and Andy goes, Heather, Leah from West LA says, Heather, Mary dissing your necklace at the Opre Noski event was classless, but her body shaming comments on Watch What Happens Live about Gucci not making a size 14 were disgusting. Have the two of you spoken since that comment? If not, Heather, what did you want to say to Mary now about it? And we get a flashback to that Watch What Happens Live where Andy, uh, it was the one with uh, Mary Cosby and Z-Way. And Andy goes, Mary, did Heather get it right with this Gucci top and chain necklace? And Mary's like, no, no, I don't think Gucci makes that. And Andy's like, okay, so you think it's fake? And Mary's like, I do. I've never seen a corset in a size 14, you know, have you? And Andy's like, oh, I haven't looked. And Mary's like, a corset, Andy? And Andy goes, okay, yeah, I mean, I love it. And Z-Way is like, Mary Cosby. Anyways, guys, I don't know real sizes. Like, I'm guessing 14 is a big size, and that's why the, the thing, you know, I just don't know, you know female size i love that i'm a i whatever you've heard about me i don't know female sizes so what yeah so just put that out of your i don't even know so the, whatever you've heard about me putting on corsets that's just bullshit okay i don't know i don't even know what it's like and if if, if if i fit into a size 22 that's just me thinking that off the top of my head i don't know that for a fact at all heather goes yeah you know we've spoken since and she said she didn't mean it that way you know and i find it funny this is another example of like so all the little intricacies like monica doesn't get a pass mary cosby always gets a pass from the other ladies for the most part and mary will say the most off the wall mean shit very specific mean shit and heather's like yeah she didn't mean it that way and i'm like what you know if you're sticking up for yourself if this new heather gay is sticking up for themselves and protecting their energy why why does why does mary get a pass it's like fuck you you've given me body issues you fucking said I looked inbred and then look at my face on Watch What Happens Live last night. I completely changed it because of you, potentially, Mary Cosby. She always gets a pass. Anyways, Mary goes, I was not body shaming her at all. That didn't even come to my mind. That was not my point. I have no reason to do that. And you know what? She looks really good, especially today. I guess she shamed me because she looks great. And Lisa's like, ah, oh, that's nice. And Heather goes, that's nice, Mary. Thank you. Like, what is going on? They treat Mary like she's like challenged or something like, like what, what is going on? Like, what did they say about Mary that are like, whatever she says, just go with it. Whatever she can call you a Shrek. She can call you like, I just, well, it's another one of those confused. Like I said, at the beginning of the season, it's, this is like a David Lynch movie. It's like, none of it really adds up. It feels like a fever dream. Every time you try to piece it together, you're like, Wait a sec. If somebody, oh, uh, it's just so weird. Anyways, Andy goes, Mary, before I let you go, which why is like, why did we let Mary go? I know she wasn't at the Bahamas, but she's the only voice that actually sticks up for Monica. Like I wanted her out there just to be like, why are you yelling like that? Why are you doing that? Like I wanted even just one voice to be like, Monica, look at me. You're not doing good right now. You're not arguing good. Look at me. Look at like, I needed Monica to have a Mr. Miyagi. You know, like I literally like, oh, they just sweeped your leg, Monica, like get in there and do the crane kick, like come out of your shell and fucking tell us the truth. Anyways, Andy goes, I'm wondering, what do you think your future with the group is, Mary? I mean, when you look back at it, would you want to be a part of it again? What do you think? And Mary goes, I'm just going to continue being me. <laughs> Mary's like, well, I'm just going to stay in my closet or a sprinter van. And Mary goes, and if people are willing to open up and accept me in this group as a group, maybe I would. But as long as that push out, like Whitney acts like she's terrified of me, which she's not. She's always got something to say, which I love that line of like Whitney acts like she's scared of me, but I know she's not because she always speaks. She always says shit about me. I love Mary's complete disdain for Whitney, which is so not deserved. Whitney goes, I, I was always in the beginning scared of disappointing you, Mary, because I actually respected you. And Mary's like, disappointing me? How? 
Yes. So the fear that you were feeling isn't fear because I'm not scared of you. I was also scared of upsetting you or disappointing you. And Mary's like, why? How is that whatever developed? How, how is that whatever developed into a friendship? Because what comes out of your mouth after? And Mary's like, what do you mean what comes out of my mouth after? That means you don't know me. And Mary's like, if you knew me, like, hey, Meredith, are you afraid of me? And Meredith goes, no, no. And Woody's like, if you would get upset, you would say mean things to me. And Mary's like, Monica, are you afraid of me? And Monica's like, no. And Mary's like, because you say stuff. Angie? And Meredith's like, and in fact, Mary and I, um, maybe not on camera, but we have had words before, you know. He has talked about my butter turning skills, and I really had to set it straight, you know? Like, but I do like, like, in fact, what you didn't see is that I went to her closet one time, and I got into a fist, like a hand-to-hand combat with Mary Cosby. And we just, we had a blood sport cage match, and I just really set her straight. So I'm not scared of Mary Cosby, no. Uh, Mary's like, yeah. And Mary's like, and we navigated. We do. I love Mary. We're grown adults, me and Mary Cosby. Mary's like, yeah, it was perfectly. And Meredith goes, and it's done in two seconds flat and we do fine. So maybe I can give you guys some lessons on how to navigate Mary. (laughs) Mary lets out this like, (laughs) and Whitney goes, please give me lessons. And Andy's like, right. Well, Mary, it was great to see you. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Andy. That was good. Like Mary's happy with her performance. Anyways, they do a bathroom break. And then Andy goes, well, I guess you could do a bathroom break. We have this whole Bermuda segment. And I was like, Bermuda segment? It should be the fucking whole episode. This is what I told you at the very beginning. They should have hit this Bermuda shit fucking episode one. So we knew how to play out because I think part, and you will might disagree. I think part of them were hoping that Monica was going to come in, crush it. And there was going to be no option, but to keep her for the next season. And if we had had her in that first episode, come out guns blazing or being able to present an argument. And if she didn't, she would have had two more reunion episodes throughout the day or how many hours, however many hours to kind of course correct and, and, and people give her a little advice and things like that. And I feel with putting it in the very, and by the way, they said they had already been filming like seven or eight hours by the time they got to that Bermuda shit. And by the way, this isn't even the last segment because then you have the black eye. So how is the most inciting incident of the season, if we are to believe these women, how this account tortured them, made them scared, their families, blah, 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 for years. How is it only getting a half an episode? It should be a whole fucking episode, if that, if it is really the the thing. So anyways, all the women go up to take a break, except for Monica. A stagehand comes to help escort Mary off the stage. And, you know, Mary says to Monica, you got this. You're good. Mary tells Andy and Monica goodbye. And we see Monica looking somber before we go to commercial. And uh, we come back. We are back with the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion. This season, the ladies had their first international vacation to Bermuda, but mysterious messages and mafia allegations quickly turned this girl's trip into a whodunit, or in this case, a who DM'd it. Heather laughs. And the most shocking mystery of all was, and still remains, who is the real Monica? Let's watch. We get flashbacks from the Bermuda trip, Monica saying, About a week ago, Meredith talked to me about how she believes that Angie is in the Greek mafia. And then I started getting DMs about Angie and Lisa's like total bullshit where Lisa was kind of on Monica's side. And then Lisa in another scene going, here we go again. Monica gets DM'd all these documents. It's saying that you're part of a mafia. And I said that Meredith is DMing you. 
mafia and tax documents. And Angie K going, she is constantly threatening my family, my reputation, talking about Meredith. Then another scene where Angie K's like, Google my family. There is not shit on the Katzenavis family. And Meredith's like, I'm not saying there is. And Angie K's like, do you hear me? And Lisa's like, I believe you sent these DMs to Monica. And Angie K's like, you are fucking classless. And Meredith goes, well, I didn't. I just didn't. And then Meredith in another scene going, I'm trying to process all this, but there's a lot of elements that just aren't adding up. And you didn't give me a fucking bathtub. And then Monica in another scene going, we absolutely had a conversation about her being in the mafia. And Meredith going, this is all the stuff you told me, Monica. And Lisa's like, Meredith, stop lying. Enough. Stop lying. And Meredith's like, Lisa, I'm not lying. And Lisa's like, you're lying. Say, I fucked up and we can all move on. You fucked up. And Meredith is kind of crying. And then outside Heather's room with Heather going, hey, are you kidding me right now? What? When she supposedly allegedly found out the thing that like, you know, on the last day of the trip that was going to be the crux of the season finale, she finds out right in that moment. And then on the beach with the ladies, Heather going, Monica is not who she says she is. And then at the Bermuda Triangle dinner, Heather going, who you really are is the cyber bully internet troll reality bond tease. And Monica's like, that's not true entirely. And Heather goes, I have your perfect formula, receipts, proof, timeline, screenshots, fucking everything to prove that you are a fucking bully and a fucking troll and you do not deserve to be at this table. Or anywhere near any of us for the way you've treated us. I don't think you understand something about this group. We are friends. Like, this is very, like, we are thick as thieves. Very Carol, you know. We are friends, and we have been through this bullshit before. I ate shit every day for her. Whitney going, you literally ate shit? No. I went on a book tour and defended her for the fact that she gave me a black eye. What is, and I'm like, what does this have to do with Monica? Like it went for Monica. And then Heather's like, I'm going to throw this in there too. So interesting. Okay. So a lot of scenes to, to, to call from, to pull from here. And, you know, I want to, you know, Lisa, you know, going at Meredith going, just apologize, just say you did it, apologize and we can move on. Well, why can't we move on if Angie says she did something? Now, the big thing, the big question still to me, and we didn't fucking get it answered is. You know, and God, can we get somebody from Meta, somebody from Instagram to like log in and like, you know, come on. I know it's probably illegal, but give us the dirt. Who sent these DMs first? Give us this troll account. What's their recovery email? Come on. Oh, my God. I had this fucking what turned out to feels like a stalker like that would. Oh, God. People. I mean, people are crazy out there. Come on. You've had real life experiences too. I've had real life experiences where people I thought were friends, like went and fucking did weird shit in my accounts and like fucking, uh, anyways, Ugh, creepy, but I need to know if Monica is the person that sent these tax documents, because if you can prove that, then fuck yeah, Monica should be nowhere near this cast because it also shows that Monica was not just trying to take down Jen Shaw. She was also trying to take down other cast members. But we didn't get that proven. It kind of just got lost in the fucking muck and mire. And the thing is, Meredith is a good fall guy because I still don't know about Lisa Barlow giving blowjobs for jazz tickets. Like, you know, we do have to, you know, understand that Meredith was not, I'm sorry, Monica was not a part of this cast in the previous seasons. Unless... 
did Monica give Meredith or some troll account that Monica started give Meredith information that Lisa Barlow got blowjobs? Like, that's the thing. I want somebody to bring this shit up, like open it up of like, is, you know, Meredith did bring this up. Did you get that information from a troll account that Monica potentially started? Like, I want to know how this all connects because it's interesting that you almost believed and a lot of the ladies believed that Meredith was behind this because there was certain other behavior that Meredith exhibited in previous seasons that would lead you to believe that she is a likely candidate to have done this. You know? And also, you know, the, 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 the big Shakespearean King Lear speech, you know, that Heather does you do not deserve to be at this table. Like, you know, it's like, she acts like they're all gods. Like, we are all pillars of the Salt Lake City community. We are perfect. You don't deserve to be here with your dirty DMs and your dirty deletes. <laughs> it's like, who? you guys are all fallible. Are you kidding? You don't deserve to be. No, you actually kind of do deserve to be here because you just are as bizarre. Anyways. um. Heather, in continuing, sorry, the flashback continues. Heather's like, I had to ride hard for her. All of us covered for her, which is not Monica's fault. It's Jen Shaw's fault. And Mary's like, what? And Lisa's like, yes, we did. We all did. Another thing I love about Lisa Barlow, she wants credit for everything. Of like, it's not just you, Heather. We all rode hard for her. Like, even when you shouldn't admit it, Lisa's like, please include me in that group as well. Yes, I, I want to be in that group as well. Heather's like, every single one, and we're not going to do it again with you. Your invite's rescinded. Pack your bags and go. I mean, it was really cool. It was such a great episode, such a great scene. But in reality, it's like, God, man, I would love to know if Heather would have ever had the guts to do that to Jen Shaw. Like, my God, that's the person I want to see. I want to see Heather do this to Jen Shaw. Vanquish that demon. Anyways, they come back, and Andy's like, okay. And he's like, wow, <laughs> we have a lot to discuss. Monica, we have not heard your side of the story. You've been accused of being a troll account on social media that has come after everyone in this room. Are you Reality Von Tees? And Monica's like, I am part of this page. Yes. We see a screenshot of the Reality Von Tees Instagram profile, 5,066 followers. And Andy's like, you are. And she's like, uh-huh. But I did not set up the account. Okay. I didn't name the account or open the accounts. And Andy's like, were you? <laughs> okay. But this, this is the deal. I know you only have limited time. I didn't name the account or open the accounts. Okay. Who did name the account? Who did open the account? I want to know. I want to know the details. The devil is in the details. Don't think we aren't interested. And he's like, were you posting things under that handle? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Did you post his reality Montes? Yes, but not all of them. And he's like, okay, but yes. How long were you posting under that name? And she says it started in 2021. And he's like, okay, so the show was on the air. You were working for Jen. And she says, no. And he's like, you had already given evidence against Jen at that time. And Monica's like, I don't know if I'd given any evidence yet. And Andy's like, I mean, have you given your statement against Jen at that time? And Monica's like, yeah. And Andy's like, you had. What was the initial point of Reality Von Tees? Was it to get back at Jen? And Monica was like, it was to expose Jen. It was the expose the truth of how she was treating her employees. And that's what it was. And Andy says, and then you started including things about the other housewives of Salt Lake City. And Monica's like, okay, I don't feel like that page was made for talking shit on these ladies. I honestly feel like that page did not come for any of them. And Andy goes, now you, do you have documentation of things that were posted by this account? And Heather goes, that physically hurt me? And Andy's like, yeah. And there's like, yeah, absolutely. They are still up. They're calling me a tranny twin. And screenshots come up of the Reality Von T's account saying, Heather's tranny twin. But it's shit that Jen Shaw wrote. 
you know, like, and they were reposting or screenshotting the Jen Shaw saying this shit. And I will say, I'll give you accounts that I deeply respect that have reposted this similar shit, trying to report the news of housewives. But Monica's like, what are you talking about? Jen said that. And Heather's like, that's currently up there right now. And you posted it multiple times. And Monica's like, I didn't post that one. And Heather's like, manatee. And we see another screenshot of the DMs between Reality Vontees and Jen Shaw. And Jen's like, hey, white girls, stop doing white girl shit and shut the fuck up and take a seat next to your best friends, Karen and Becky in the back row. And Reality Vontees is like, why are you the only real, real, uh, why are you the only real bitch? And Jen's like, they're fake ass white girls. Lisa's the only other person I fuck with. Bitch, you ain't a fucking actress unless you're auditioning for a manatee or Shrek. So like saying really intense, Jen Shaw saying this stuff about her cast. And Monica's like, we were sticking up in your defense. And Heather goes, every person on this couch can go through and give you about 10 personal examples right here. This is what I'm talking about. Andy goes, okay, let's go through 10 examples. Whitney, um, I only have eight. Can I just give eight? Yeah, sure. And Mary said, well, I'll give you my 10. First off, they said I don't churn butter well, which is just low-grade bullshit. Uh, says I don't take good baths. No. Anyways, Andy's like, explain to me how this works. And Heather goes, how what works? The internet? And Andy's like, no. But also, I wish Andy would be like, okay, Heather, cool your jets. Heather's like, well, I just want to know what level we're starting at. And Andy's like, no, explain to me the posting, the tagging, because I can't tell what's been generated by this page and what's been reposted by this page. And Lisa's like, what's the difference? There's a huge difference. And Heather goes, actually, why don't you just go to the Instagram page? And uh, they're like, Andy's like, it's Reality Von T's too. And, and Heather's like, because the first one got shut down for cyber bullying. And Monica's like, that's not why it got shut down. And Heather's like, why did it get shut down? Because of the cease and desist from her attorney. And Lisa's like, Jen and Sharif. And Monica's like, no, we didn't care about that because we knew we had facts and we did nothing wrong. Okay. Here's another great thing that I wish Andy had a follow up on of like, okay, so we're admitting that we're saying that the cease and, des cease and desist actually existed, that Jen and Sharif sent this page. And they also used Monica's name, I believe, in this cease and desist. And Heather is aware of the cease and desist. So, yeah, it's just. Jen was threatened by this page. It did get to Jen. So anyways, uh, Heather's like, it's not facts. And Monica's like, it is. It's the facts that she called you awful names. And Lisa's like, to call her a tranny twin is not a fact. And Monica's like. I didn't call her that. We need to make that very clear. And Heather's like, you know what? You did because it's posted and it's live on Instagram right now. So you can go see it. And Monica's like, we were posting Jen saying, and Heather goes, well, thank you. Thank you for being a courier. And Monica's like, you're welcome. And Heather's like, a horrible lies and shit about me and putting it out there, tagging every single Bravo account in the universe, which is true. They did that. And Monica's like, it wasn't a lie. It was Jen calling you an awful name. We were trying to expose how abusive she was to you. Do you understand that? And Heather's like, you were not a hero in this, Monica. And she isn't. But Monica's like, okay, I don't care. And Heather's like, you are not a hero. And Monica's like, I'm fine being the villain in your story, Heather, because you're the clown in mine. And Andy's like, okay, so here's something. And there's a screenshot of Reality Von T's post that has a screenshot of Heather's Twitter profile and says, just got my hands on a good video of her saying some racist ass shit. And there's a cow emoji. Y'all's grandma is still pretending she can get black D laughing emoji, still looking a brother still looking for a brother to actually say yes to this. So that was a slam on Heather and uh, potentially maybe in that first, I, I don't know what that is exactly, 
And also, what is the video? Uh, is she saying got a video of Jen saying some racist ass shit? Or was that directly at Heather? I don't know. So that is something about Heather directly. Monica's like, I did not say that. And Heather's like, yeah, you did. And Lisa's like, yes, you did. And Heather's like, it came straight from your phone. And Lisa's like, you did. And Monica's like, that doesn't mean that I wrote it. I do love that reality of aunties, there is this kind of, um, you know, there's like a, <laughs> it's this Cyrano de Bergerac, you know, everybody's like writing forever. Like they're writing assignments at night. It must be so, it's so much pressure. It's like page six, you know, the team of people putting out these press for like, who wants to take it tonight? Who's got the late shift on reality Von Tees? Lisa's like, but you posted it. It doesn't matter if you write it, you posted it. And when he's like, but I'm more hurt by the text messages exchanged between her and bleep. So they bleeped out that name. I don't know if that's Koa, the, the designer who is part of reality Vontees and has admitted to being part of reality Vontees. I put all of his statements in the first part of the reunion uh, recap. I did. He gladly admits it about, you know, I don't know. So I think that's the bleep right there, but also once again, okay, Whitney, what are those text messages? Will you please read them for us? The audience, because we are slow. Monica goes, that doesn't even sound like me. And Heather's like, that sounds exactly like you. And Monica's like, that's not me. That sounds like Jen. And Heather's like, you reposted that over and over and over and over. And Lisa's like, and over again. And Annie's like, Reality Von Tees reposted it? And Heather's like, yes. Okay, so that was, it was directly about Heather, but it was from Jen. And Monica's like, okay, can I see that? And Monica's like, every day, and Heather's like, every day I got tagged in this. And Monica's like, can I see it? And Heather's like, yeah, well, they disappear after 24 hours, but I can show you how many times you tagged me. And Monica's like, if they were in our stories, then they would be in our highlights because we had like five highlights. I do love that. They were like, this is our best work. The best of reality Von Tees. Heather goes, you didn't save every single highlight. You also cleaned this up for the past year and a half. This is where I'm like someone at meta, someone at Instagram, get involved here. Let, listen, let's, let's open it up. Let's see all those deletes. I know you save it. And he goes, do you have your DMS from reality Montes? And Monica's like, we did not post that shit on Whitney. What shit on Whitney? And Heather's like, yeah. And then he's like, show me that. Show me that. And Lisa's like, we were tagged every day to a level that you can't explain. Oh my God. A tag, a tag everywhere. I look a tag. My God. You know, like I'm so bad at social media for as much as I'm on it. Like I don't see half the shit I'm tagged in. And I'll see it way late and it's already sometimes disappeared if somebody's put it in my stories or sometimes I'm just so like, I'm like, oh no, is somebody saying bad things? Like I, you know, I sometimes will just not look at it until it's, it's, so it's, it's weird. And also when you do get like a certain amount of followers and stuff, it comes in and it gets like really stressful. It's hard, it's hard to explain, but I don't know. Anyways, Monica's like, yeah, because I, we wanted you guys to see Jen Shaw. I'm not denying any of that. So that's an interesting thing that I think it's like, it's like, yeah, it kept getting sent because we wanted to see, we wanted to show you guys example of how bad Jen was. And my suspicion now is that they all knew how bad Jen Shaw was and they just didn't want to do anything about it. It was just too much for them and they wanted to blissfully ignore it. But here was this account, once again, not a hero. But it was like, this is the person you're working with. This is how horrible she is. These are the videos of her yelling at the employees. Please look at this. And they would. And then they got, uh, they felt abused by the account showing the abuse of Jen Shaw. How does that work? Lisa goes, but it's literally so deceptive to not know that it was you trying to engage. And Andy goes, okay, so here's the thing. And Heather's like, for three years, Andy. And Lisa's like, it's weird. It's weird. So many things are weird. And he's like, I will say this. So reality on tease, this is like a hundred of tags that Heather was tagged in every day, Andy, for three years. Once again, 
Blocking is your friend. Monica goes, I don't deny that. We tagged you guys in everything. It wasn't three years. It started in 2021. It was actually horrible. A new horror film from the minds of the creators of Midsummer. IG tag. I'm getting tagged every day, multiple times a day. Please help me. Anyways, Andy's like, okay, so it was two years. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, okay. And he's like, wait, look at when it started. You can see when the Instagram account was started. And Heather goes, we know when it got started. Because as soon as it got started, went all week, March 2nd. The Ides of March. Monica's like, do you want me to tell you the exact date? I'll tell you the exact date. And Heather's like, why give her the platform for it? It's ridiculous. She's a bully and a troll. Heather, great, but we do got to give her a platform for it because we're trying to build this case. We're trying to believe you. Monica's like, I'll tell you guys. Oh my gosh, I don't deserve a platform, Heather. And Heather's like, yeah, because bullies don't deserve a platform. And Monica's like, that's gross. And Andy's like, I want to be crystal clear. Monica leans over the arm of the couch to pick something off the floor. And Monica's like, okay, okay, look. And Andy's like, hold on. Everyone turns to Monica and sees she's holding a big pink burn book and heather goes oh andy and andy's like okay and lisa's like this is not i'm not interested and heather's like that's not that's not funny to me they act like this is they're fucking vampires and this is a cross or garlic they're like no too far andy no burn book pink it's burning my eyes and at the end of the day, it's fucking lame. It was a big womp womp. It is such a lame move. Like, Monica, girl, this is what I'm saying. She's not that good at this. It really, truly was lame because it's like a scrapbook. It was like another greatest hits thing. It was lame. And I felt bad for the poor Kinko's employee that helped, had to help her put this together. It was just too much. Lisa's like, I went through this. And Heather's like, I am not interested in that. I went through this for three years. You think I want to see a burn book? And Andy's like, yeah, yeah. Because Andy, I think at first was like, okay, okay. Also, part of me, and I talked about this on, on Jeff today with Jameson, I was saying like, you know, we kind of think part of this was this like viral marketing for the Mean Girls musical movie. Like it was like so interesting that this all came out around the same time. It just seems so dead on. And it was like such a carbon copy of the one they use in the movie so i was like is this kind of viral in-house marketing i mean it just seems like such a coincidence there's so many coincidences anyways monica's like it's a burn book and heather's like not funny at all and meredith goes are we like two years old here <laughs> the person that always cries when they can't have a bathtub and heather's like i can't anymore this is my children i'm not doing this yeah we cut to commercial break and Andy's like okay so is this Book, is this the worst of what you did? And went, uh, Lisa's like, wow. And Heather's like, you saved it in a scrapbook. I love that Heather's like, you are like Dexter. This is your dark passenger. And Lisa's like, or is it the meanest things about us? And Monica's like, no, it's full of everything. And Andy's like, okay, let's see. And Monica's like, it's full of receipts. Now, God, I wish this was fucking Monique's binder from Potomac, but it just sadly isn't. Andy takes the book, starts looking through it, and he's like, okay, there, there's me. Oh, that's cute. And he got, got photos of Andy from various stages. There's little devil horns on there. And it says, has favorites, like Andy plays favorites. And then it also says, it bleeps out like, and it says the other half of New York, kind of like Lisa Barlow saying that Meredith fucked half of New York and they're saying Andy fucked the other half of New York. So that's the first page. So like already Monica's like, yo, man, you're really putting yourself out there on the line with your boss. Um, and Monica's like, yeah, it's a burn book. It's supposed to be funny. You don't have to take it so serious, Heather. And Heather's like, this girl is the nastiest skank bitch I've ever met. 
and it's Monica Garcia. Monica's now making fun of herself. So I think Monica thought she was really pulling a funny and this was going to make people laugh and be like, oh, okay, Monica's not so bad after all. And then he's like, it's about herself, Heather. And Monica's like, I'm, I'm doing myself, relax. And Heather's like, oh, so you made this up. Like Lisa is a materialist. Lisa Barlow is a materialistic little bitch. And we see Lisa Barflow. She called Lisa Barlow, Lisa Barflow. And it's a picture of her high school photo. And it says, Lisa Lee is a materialistic little biatch. And Lisa's like, that's like my worst picture. I love Lisa's like, oh my God, you picked the worst picture of me. You're the devil. And Monica's like, I wrote biatch, not even bitch, biatch. And he's like, what is the purpose of this book besides being lame? Because it starts out as a joke. And Monica's like, it is a joke. And then he's like, you make a joke of the mean book. And Monica's like, but turn towards the end. And then he's like, but now what I'm seeing is, and Heather laughs. And Monica's like, yeah, laugh. You need it. And then he's like, hold on, that now you posted everything that Reality Von Tees posted. So it's everything they posted. And Monica's like, yeah, I printed it off. And then he's like, you printed out their, the entire grid. And once again, these poor Kinko's employees and Monica's like, yeah. And then he's like, and what is that supposed to prove? And Heather leans over to point something in the book and it says, this is tranny twin, this, this tranny twin. And then he's like, oh, okay, that's it. It sounds like in trying to expose Jen, what you did is hurt all of them. And Lisa's like, you did. And Monica's like, that was not the intention. And he goes, if Jen called her that and you guys posted it, what you're doing. And Heather goes multiple times a day. And she starts tearing up. And then he's like, okay then what you're doing is perpetuating something mean about her. This is where Andy does great in these reunions. He really does sum it up. Okay, listen, Monica, what you're not understanding, you're perpetuating that mean thing that hurt them initially. But still to this day, I'm like, the, you know, it's, you know, whoever smelt it, dealt it. Like you need to take this up with Jen Shaw because she put you ladies all in this position for us all to say shit about you. Monica's like, okay, this is just, okay, can I get through this real quick? Okay, and he hands the book back to Monica and he's like, tell me how it's helpful blasting out into the world things about them that are horrible. And Heather's like, yeah, how is it helpful? What if we retweeted everything your mom said about you every single day? Repeated, retweeted, 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 repeated. And Monica's like, well, I mean, honestly, my mom already did that. And there's truth to that. Monica's mom even went on a Twitter spree last night after the reunion going, my Monica's a star. She belongs in movies. You'll see one day, like truly unhinged behavior. And Lisa's like, yeah, but you don't see how it impacts us. And Heather's like, you're one person. It affects you when your mom does it. And Monica's like, I literally just said that I see how this hurts you, but I'm telling you. And Lisa's like, I don't get it. And Monica's like, you guys aren't listening. So this is the thing too, is every time Monica has this opportunity to apologize, she like walks right over the precipice. And then she gets pissed at something like Lisa or Heather says, and she backs away from it. Because right here, I literally just said that I see how this hurts you. She could have kept going, but then Lisa's like, I don't get it. Andy's like, well, they are. They, I mean, and Monica's like, no, they're not. And and Heather's like, how are you helping us? And Monica's like, we were trying to get out how awful Jen Shaw was. I am sorry that that ended up hurting you. It's just so weird. I know I'm keep nitpicking here, but I'm really trying to understand their side of it is at the end of the day, you're mad at Jen Shaw. Jen Shaw said these things. Multiple accounts reposted this, not just reality Von Tees. Like, are you mad at everybody that reposted? Like, you realize, and at the at this point, Monica wasn't trying to get on the show. She wasn't like, I'm going to make this burner account and eventually one day get on the show. No, she wanted to take down Jen. And then what happens with social media and this shit, it got a little of attention. Probably some people posted in their stories. That's exciting. They're like, hey, let's see how far we can go with this. You know, Heather goes, it's not just me. It hurt everyone on this couch. Look at poor Meredith. Meredith's like, yeah, I'm really, really. 
Anyways, Andy's like, I got to tell you something. I'm kind of amazed that you're so surprised that they're pissed off by this. And Monica's like, I really am. And Andy's like, you are? And Monica's like, because they were such big fans of the page. And Lisa's like, who was a fan of the page? And Heather's like, yeah, who was a fan of the page? Whitney shakes her head. And Monica's like, you guys all were. And Heather's like, no, we were not. Lisa's like, no, we were not. And Monica's like, Lisa, you messaged the page. I wish they had showed us Lisa's message to the page. Heather goes, you called me a fuck face stain bitch when I unfollowed. So I guess Heather followed them at one point and then unfollowed and they called her a fuck face stain bitch. What? Okay. Monica's like, well, this one's from Angie. And we see a screenshot of DMs from Angie where Angie goes, I mean, she calls me out and she doesn't have shit. I was going to give her a ruthless response, but my husband talked me out of it. And then when it was exposed on that page, it was the best fucking day of my life. I received so many messages and tons of people went to the page to look at it. I just love how many people saw it, how embarrassing for her. She probably thought everyone was going to hit like on her comment and she would go viral, but it was quite the opposite. LOL. So this is Angie almost thanking this page for posting shit. So at some point they were okay with certain things. If it benefited them, maybe Angie K goes, okay, yeah, so what? And Andy goes, well, did you post positive things about these women? And Monica's like, well, we did post positive things about the women. And we see reality Von T's reposting Heather, Whitney, Lisa's IG posts. I love if Monica would have said, yeah, we tried, but it just didn't get any traction. It's the bad stuff that actually worked. Monica's like, well, we did say nice things. And Heather laughs. And Monica's like, what? And Heather's like, because it's one out of 10,000, you're not a hero. Heather must have really hit this. You're not a hero in her notes. Lisa's like, based on the thing she wrote, she did not like any of us. So why do you want to be our friend? Why do you want to be here with us? Because based on everything you wrote, you fucking hate us. Okay. So based on everything you wrote, you fucking hate us. Right. But sometimes even what you say, it can come off like you hate somebody and you don't. You can go f yourself. I'm done with her because I'm not a f***ing whore and I don't cheat on my husband. Her and her dumb f***ing family that poses. Why don't you own a house? Wait, you can't. Because your husband changes jobs every five minutes? Fake humanity is a piece of I have your back and I'm offended by that you. That f***ing piece of garbage whore. I f***ing hate her. She's a whore. She's half of me. She can go f*** herself. I don't think... Lisa Barlow truly hates Meredith because she said those things and they're intense. I believe Lisa Barlow does love Meredith. I believe life is fucking wild and weird and crazy and you do really weird and crazy things, but it's hard because it does break trust. This kind of shit does break trust. Folks, Ryan here. This is the end of part one of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion recap. Just hit part two right now. It is there ready for you to listen to at your pleasure. Oh my God, it is so late. I am so tired. Go listen to part two right now. Love you. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com and follow the show at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Stay bad, baddies. Betches.